This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Morning. So growing up Catholic as a child, attending Catholic school my whole life up until I went to college, I was taught to pray many prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hail Mary, full of grace, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. Bless, O Lord, and these are gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. I can go on and on. You see, going to Catholic school, I had to know them all by heart and recite them daily. Needless to say, as a child, the words didn't mean a whole lot to me. And if they did, they were said so frequently that at times they tended to lose their meaning. Perhaps you know how that feels. I remember as a child that the way I usually preferred to pray was to just talk to God. I had people in my family who thought I was crazy because I had out loud conversations with God. They were one-sided conversations, albeit, but conversations nonetheless. I would just flat out talk to Jesus, whether it be in my room, while I was bathing, brushing my teeth. I would just use hand motions and talk like he was just right there in front of me. So yeah, my, my family, especially my siblings, used to tease me about it. I would just picture Jesus in the room next to me or walking by my side and have a conversation with him. Where some kids talk to imaginary friends, I talk to Jesus. About what, you may ask? Well, absolutely everything and anything. About my day, about school, about a problem I was having, my hopes and my fears and my joys, you name it. Now you may also ask yourself, did Jesus talk back? Well, kind of. Granted, it was what I thought he would say, and I pictured him saying it to me, and then the conversation would just continue. Eventually, mostly due to the bullying of my brothers and sisters, I started to whisper to Jesus, and finally the conversations just took to be inside my head, and that is how I prayed when I was a child. So fast forward many years later, it's Christmas Day of 2004, and my husband has been rushed to the emergency room in septic shock, and he's dying unbeknownst to me. Within moments of reaching the ER, he codes, and I'm escorted out into another room to wait. My sister, who was present with me, grabbed hands immediately, as if without thinking, and start to pray out loud, pleading with God to save him, not to take my husband, the father of my daughter. I prayed out loud, on my hands and knees, friends, to, to, to my friend Jesus, my childhood friend, to spare him. What seemed like an eternity passed, and moments later, a nurse came in to tell me that they could not save him. God was silent, or so I thought. And so now fast forward 
a few years later, and I'm in seminary, a single mother, attending classes, working for the seminary, studying, <coughs> raising a child who had recently been diagnosed with dyslexia and who needed hours of special tutoring and helping her with her school. I had long days, very long days, and struggled with finding time to pray. Then in a conversation with my spiritual director and teacher and advisor, and knowing that I was struggling with finding time to pray, she reminded me and suggested that I pray whenever I could, when I clean my house, when I drive, when I bathe, when I brush my teeth. Offer your prayers, she said, and have your conversations with God about the mundane. Offer it to God. In essence, bring God into your life in all the little bits and pieces of your life so that you end up praying without ceasing. All of us have prayed at one time or another, prayed for peace, for an end to the violence and the racism and the gun violence, the bullying, the hate that we see in all its manifestations. We pray to our God, to Jesus, to our friend for change and an end to all of this hate and ugliness that we see on a daily basis in this world. I find myself saying to God, this needs to stop. Please stop this madness. Have you prayed those same words? I see some nodding. <laughs> I find this passage from Luke's Gospel a bit difficult to preach because it says, or it seems to say, that to pray and to ask with persistence, and you shall receive. And I can see how that can turn people off a bit because, like my prayer to God to save my husband in a time of need, many of our prayers seem to go unanswered. And some people may feel that they've been handed a scorpion instead of an egg that they had asked for, as the Gospel mentions. You see, God doesn't always give. We don't always find. The door doesn't always open. Who among us has not wept and pleaded in prayer, desperately seeking an answer from God? Even our most noble, self-giving, and good-hearted request to God may be met with a wall of silence. And just recently, I was talking to a mom with a young daughter who was met with resistance from this child when she asked her to join her in prayer. You see, the daughter didn't want to pray. She found it boring because, hey, God never answers. It was, or it seemed, like a one-sided conversation. The child had, in essence, given up. For me, quite frankly, giving up on God isn't an option. I have lived with God far too long and far too intimately to give up just like that. So how do we deal with it when we pray for an egg and we're handed a scorpion instead? How can we go on with God when the things we pray for don't happen, when maybe the opposite of what we asked for happened? Why does a good God seem to turn away when we cry out for help at times? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the answers to all those questions like some would think. 
I don't know why some prayers are answered even as we speak them, yet others bounce off the ceiling and roll sadly to our feet. I don't understand the haphazard ways in which we hear yes or no or maybe or just silence. I don't know why God blesses some people in some ways with some answers and not others. But I do know, I know this, I know that every time I pray, prayer changes me. Persistent prayer teaches me more about God and more about my inner self. Things like, what is it I truly desire from this life? Who do I believe God to be? Where will I find happiness, or more importantly, true joy? Who do I think myself to be? Who does God want me to be? You see, over time, prayer becomes an exploration of all these questions. Perhaps we find answers, perhaps we don't. Perhaps we discover better questions when we ask those. The biggest question, the lesson I've learned about prayer is that persistent prayer, even five minutes at the beginning of my day, leads me to peace. And peace ends up reframing all of our prayers. You see, God then becomes a partner with us as we seek to grow and change the world around us. I don't believe God, uh, in a God who wants us to beg or pester or nag before he gives in to us like a, like a parent does, a frustrated parent. I believe in a God who has good gifts to give all his people. I believe in a God who calls us to join God's self in bringing those gifts to others. I believe in a God who weeps with us in sorrow and laughs with us in joy. I believe in a God who knows me intimately, who knows what I desire before I can even ask, who has blessed me richly with all that I have. You see, persistent prayer has taught me about this, has taught me this about God. I no longer pray just to get things from God. When I do, I know that I've regressed a little bit. I'm tired, depressed, and maybe even a little beaten down. But I pray because I love God, and I love the life God has granted me. I pray to change myself and change the world around me. I pray to help me cope with maybe a particular situation in the right way, the way Jesus would want me to do that. I pray because prayer is the air I breathe, the oxygen I need in a smoke-filled world. So if you're that person, asking, seeking, knocking, and meeting, sometimes only silence, then for the love of God, keep going. Persist. Pray as you can. Pray with words, pray with sobs, pictures and paint, nature, and even your dreams. Just pray. We won't find the goodness and realness of God and God's approval to our every whim no matter how noble, how good, or how selfless it can be. We find God's goodness when we persist in spending time with God and find ourselves more fully transformed by prayer into who we truly are. There is something to be said when I imagine Jesus standing beside me, 
and having these out loud, live conversations with him. If Jesus were standing next to me all day, which I believe he does, how would that change what I said and did all day? How would your life, your words, your actions be different on any given day if you imagine Jesus standing next to you every day speaking to you? So I say, let your life speak. Let your whole life be a prayer. Don't just pray with your words. Pray with your hands. Pray with your mind. Pray with your body. Pray out loud. Most importantly, let your actions be your prayer. Prayer is not simply a petition we make to God, but rather it's part of a more active relationship with God. Instead of just praying for peace from God, be an instrument of that peace to all whom you encounter. Instead of praying for comfort, be a source of comfort. And instead of just asking God to end all the hate in the world, be a source of God's light and love in this broken world. Let your lives be an answer to someone's prayer. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.